0: Baby you a song you make me wanna roll my windows down
1: Hey there. Welcome back, everybody, to the number one country SmackDown podcast. If this is your first episode, thanks for joining us. This is the podcast where we break down two number one smash hit country songs in a head-to-head SmackDown battle. But here's the catch. One is from the current decade, where as we're recording this, a decade is changing. So it's, you know, roughly 2010-ish to the present, which is now into 2020, against a number one song from the same week, month, and year from a previous decade and that's the number one country smackdown podcast we have guests interviews we have honorable mentions all sorts of things like that and if this is your first time listening thanks so much i am joined as always by my fantastic co-host mr andrew baker how are you today sir just dandy i am as well been on vacation for a couple weeks now and just I'm just chilling it out, man. It's good. Happy New Year. Welcome welcome to 2020. Yeah. Welcome to the future, everybody. Happy New Year to you and to listeners. Hope yours has been good so far. Watch out for the flying cars and right, you know, all those things. Hoverboards that actually hover. Yep. That would be fantastic. Self-lacing shoes. Yeah. Yeah. All the good things. 5G and AI and VR and AR and all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. dark dark times yeah strange (laughs) days we're living in and uh there's still country music that's being released Mm -hmm. there's still number one hits there's still there's content to talk about you updated our spreadsheet of number ones so graciously we appreciate that and we still have hundreds of episodes of material still to cover
0: Radio still exists. Billboard still exists.
1: Yeah. So. Yes, it does. So we're in good shape. Speaking of radio still existing, one of the things we love to do for you listeners is just share with you something that you won't hear on the radio that we're listening to that we really enjoy. Each episode, we bring something for you to check out. Um, and if you got anything you want us to check out, just let us know. We'd be happy to. But Mr. Baker, what did you bring to the table today, sir?
0: Uh see. What did I bring this week, this episode um, I am, I, I was feeling kinda, you know, we're into a new year, people are thinking, you know, resolutions and change and whatnot, so I was kinda looking for a song that was kinda of along those lines, um, and, uh, I went to, uh, Stony LaRue's new album, uh, Onward, came out a couple months ago, and, uh, the song, um, you know, it's not necessarily about Changing for good reasons, but changing because she left and she told you she that you suck on her way out. There you go. Uh, so uh, message in a bottle is the name of the song.
1: And what do we know about Mr. Stony LaRue? Stony for LaRue, those of you that have never heard of him Stony
0: LaRue uh, I love his voice. I love his sound. Uh, he's been around for many years in the um, you know red dirt Texas indie country sing uh, uh, sing. 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 <laughs> <laughs> scene. Scene. Uh he sings in the scene. Yes. Uh so he's been around for a while doing his thing. Um and uh, I, I can honestly say that the new album Onward is not uh by far my favorite uh of his work up to this point, but you know, it's still better than ninety five percent of what you'll hear on the radio. Yeah Uh, There's a guest appearance by Tanya Tucker She's making a comeback too Kind of a throwback there But uh, you know definitely worth a
1: listen Very good Well let's check out a few minutes here or, Or a little bit of message in a bottle I have not heard it So I'll give you some commentary as it goes Check it out Here we go Based on my taste that you know I love it already Yep that whining steel. It sounds like it came out so
0: of a time machine or something. Like,
1: yes. So much acoustic guitar. And this cool sounds so much like Florida table. Georgia Line or <laughs> Dan <laughs> Shea or Kane Brown. Brown. It's just crazy. Man. <laughs>
0: Crazy. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure Marshmallow produced this.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, nice turn of phrase there. Yeah, I like the, the wordplay. Yep. Oh, we got a little, little saloon the piano day. there. Yes. And the rim shot snare drum. I like a Love the cording.
0: Up in
1: and he doesn't have to fill up every space with words.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Great vocal. So I know it's rich. Yep. There's a, like a warmth. Yeah. The electric guitar kicks in more in this chorus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. That's really good. There you go. There you go. Mr. Baker's pick for this episode, Message in a Bottle, Stony LaRue. Check it out. But you said the new album is not your favorite. So if the listeners were going to check out a Stony LaRue album, which one would you point them to? Oh, man. Um, Honestly... Um, he's, he, ooh, <laughs>
0: um, out, honestly, some of my favorite stuff that he's done was covers. Okay. Um, so he's, he's got, um, like one live acoustic album and then he's got a live from Billy Bob's album, which, which are both good. And I'm not usually a big fan of live albums. Uh, and then he did, um, prior to Onward was one called Us Time where he did a lot of re-recordings of his older songs and new versions and some of the covers and stuff, and like I absolutely love his uh, version of Jim Croce's Box Number Ten. Okay, so you you can catch that on the on the live acoustic or the Us Time
1: album. Us Time
0: is uh, it kind of like a greatest hits sort of? More or less, yeah. Okay, I mean. For as many hits as a dude like Stony LaRue has ever had. Right. But it's, you know, I guess it kind of encapsulates a lot of his career
1: up to that point. There you go. So, Well, this week I am bringing to the table a dude named Josh Gallagher. Um, it just, he just popped up on my YouTube recommendations. I had never heard of it. I listened to the song and was like, dang, this is fantastic. Turns out he's kind of a big deal. He was on season 17 of The Voice. Mm. I don't watch The Voice, Um and I don't know what season they're on, but I would assume it's recent. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, he's a dude out of Pennsylvania, but he's now in Nashville. Uh just put out like an EP of six or seven songs. It's the first thing he's put out. But this song's really great. It's just about different it's it's like one of those typical working man songs about the different types of boots people wear. And it's mm. called Boots Like Mine. Let me play you a little bit and tell me what you think.
0: Waiting for the the snap track to kick in.
1: It is the 2019 song. like well, mine.
2: On the billboard by the highway, exit 209.
1: He doesn't sound like he's from Pennsylvania. No.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> to me, he sounds like Eli Green. Young. Actually, not Eli Young, but James you Eli from Eli Young Band. Boots like mine. Eli Young is actually two people, Eli and Young. Mike Eli? Uh,
0: I don't know. Oddly enough, I almost went with an Eli Young band song
1: for my currently listening. They're on my list as well. It was, it was a little too poppy though. Is it the new one about church outside? Uh, saltwater Gospel? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, that's a. It's on my list of upcoming songs. Nice. I call dibs for next week. <laughs> None of this has
0: anything to do with this song. No. What do you think of this? I like it. There's something familiar about his voice. I can't. I can't pin it down. I don't think it's Eli Young
1: Band. Okay something there well there you go that is boots like mine from Josh Gallagher the boots are always a good theme for a country song they are there's a yeah yeah um there's a good boots song on the new Lady Annabellum that we talked about last episode near yeah. the end of the uh, end of the album there's a boots song it's good these boots from Eric Church yep great song um Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Whom we know you love so much uh, has uh, a cover of these boots are made for walking, which is terrible. I was just about—is that off the first album that, of his? That is on some game nineteen ninety-two. Okay, don't go back and listen to that uh, album, or at least that, skip that track.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's some good tunes on the album.
1: But. What's the one that you showed me in the car the other day? Uh, the one you liked, or the yeah, one you didn't like? No, the one like? I loved. Uh, where am I gonna live? Where am I? One word. Where am I going to live when I get home? That's a great song. Anyway, Billy Ray Cyrus. So there we go. That's what we're listening to this week. we got some Stoney LaRue and some Josh Gallagher. What say we get into uh, this week's SmackDown? Country SmackDown. Let's do it. I say that every time now. Country SmackDown. We are keeping it somewhat recent, just going to 2018, December of 2018 and t- December 2008 for this week's SmackDown. Um, a, a couple of, uh, of big songs. I, I, I guess you could say huge songs. Really, I mean statistically. Yeah. Maybe yeah, one more definitely. so than the other. Here's what we're talking about. <laughs> the uh, the title we called for this episode in the teaser last episode was Popcorn Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> popcorn <laughs> Chicken. How did we come up with Popcorn Chicken?
0: Uh, well, one of one of these songs do, uh, deals directly with chicken. With
1: chicken, and that is Chicken Fried by the Zac Brown Band. and uh, 2008.
0: The, the other is a corny pop song. There you so go. There, there is, you have
1: it. It is corny pop song, and that is Speechless by Dan and Shay. And I would guess that many of our female listeners are already angry that we call <laughs> that a corny pop song. <laughs> Here's the thing. You referenced Speechless as a corny pop song. I think there's plenty of people that would argue that chicken fried's a little bit corny as well.
0: It's it's a little bit corny, but it's it's um you know, it's it's like small town hokey rural corny. There you like, go. Yeah. It's
1: not pop corny.
0: Yeah, I mean it it which is a whole other food. I think it's it's at least to some degree self-aware but I, I i feel like it's <laughs> i think it's done in earnest and yeah. it's you know um yeah it's just a different kind of corny
1: there you go so popcorn chicken we're talking about speechless by Dan and Shay December 2018 and chicken fried by Zach Brown Band December 2008 let's get into it i tell you i had to do some research on who even is Dan and Shay i had heard the name like in passing but i I honestly didn't know any of their songs. I didn't know anything about them. I had to look it up. Um, they met in Nashville in 2012. Mm-hmm. They had both been artists before that. Um, Shay of Dan and Shay. What's his last name? Mooney. Shay Mooney. I learned that. Yep. Dan Smyers. Um, Shay was on T Pain's record label. Yes. Did you look any more into that beyond (laughs) just that he was on T-Pain's record label? Like,
0: whether or not there's anything accessible that you can listen to? No, I did not.
1: Okay. Listeners, do that. And let us know, like, what did Shane Shay Shay Mooney do on... Nappy Boy Entertainment. On Nappy Boy Entertainment, (laughs) T-Pain's label. And if it's just some crazy hip-hop or pop, like, we want to know that. Because that's relevant to this. We should have looked. Which,
0: you know, um, for me, like forever from now on t-pain is the monster from masked singer so there you go and i loved it
1: so. if you're a masked singer viewer let andrew know because he wants <laughs> to know that he's not alone i had never watched it before um and uh what did i uh, yeah so they're both solo artists you got anything else about dan Smyers?
0: um no
1: okay. actually not really yeah just t- the t-pain thing jumped out at me yep um dan smyers is from pennsylvania and shay mooney is from arkansas within two months of being in nashville together they were already signed to warner brothers wow yeah like that's pretty good they started right out of the gate touring for did you see who they opened up for in their first tour nah i skipped most of that who do they sound like to you
0: oh um gosh to me or
1: to you to you
0: you said it. Hunter Hayes. That was
1: their first tour, was a supporting act for Hunter Hayes.
0: Yeah, that was when uh, when we decided we were doing Speechless. When I started playing it, like I had no idea like what the song was. And then I I
1: heard it, and I went,
0: oh, yeah, I heard that song accidentally one time. I thought that was Hunter
1: Hayes. Yep. So when I was doing some research, found out their first opening tour was for Hunter Hayes. I just thought, oh, that's really interesting. I am not a Hunter Hayes guy. <laughs> Not so much. I, I don't know if there's a lot of guys that are
0: Hunter Hayes guys. There you go.
1: I, I had somewhat hopes from his first album based on how many instruments that he could play and how talented of a musician he was and like the the return of Gary LaVox, you know, but yeah, but it didn't, didn't, didn't take. Uh, and after that tour, he w- they were out with Blake Shelton uh, in 2015, kind of when Blake was, you know, putting out some, some junk. Um, they're currently, as we record this, they have another single that's number one right now. It's called 10,000 hours featuring Justin Bieber, the Biebs on country radio. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I can tell you the, the first thing that I ever became aware of Dan and Shay, um, was they had a song on the soundtrack for the shack.
1: Oh, the, uh, the mo- I'm familiar
0: with the movie. The movie. Of, I'm not familiar of, with the soundtrack. Of the book. Yeah. Yeah, they had a, a song on there.
1: Was it a country song? I don't remember. Okay. I just remember that it was there. Their name was on it. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's get into this song. So I had to do some research on who they were in the song. So this song, Nine Weeks, number one at the end of 2018. So, I mean, statistically, that's a big song. That's huge. Um, Dan and Shay wrote it along with a uh, dude or gal, I'm not sure, Jordan Reynolds and Laura Veltz, Jordan Reynolds, he also wrote their uh, other hit, Tequila. And he's got a Thomas Rhett co-write. And then Laura Veltz, somewhat unknown, but she had an Eli Young Band cut. Wow, that's two Eli Young Band references in one episode. Wow. And uh, one for Reba. So, you know, they kind of been around. Um, this was the second single off their third album, this self-titled album. It's their current current album. Their third number one hit when they released it back in uh, 2018. It debuted in June took to december to get to 2018 uh the 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 end of year 2018 hot country chart this was number two of 2018 so it was a they loved it people loved it was it. a
0: bad year for country music
1: there you go i my big question right there before we get into listening to it and talking more about it is the million dollar question every episode <laughs> is this country
0: Oh man, is it not?
1: There we go. All right. Well, let's take a second. And is there anything else you wanted to say about it before I? Uh, yeah. I just thought it, it was interesting
0: um, that that they replaced themselves at number one. Yes. Um. So this was immediately followed by Tequila. Right. Um, Same co-writers. And. Uh Let's see. Replaced Kane Brown.
1: Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot to mention. So we so replaced Kane Brown. What's what was the song? Uh, lose it. Okay. Don't know it. They and... replaced Kane Brown, and then they replaced themselves. Yeah, but I mean,
0: looking at kind of how all of this just kind of mushes together into just grossness. Um... <laughs> all right, we know where you stand already. <laughs> Cats out of the bag there. <laughs> This this song, like I said, replaced Kane Brown, who was number one for one week immediately following BB Rexa's Reign of Terror on the country charts. With so, meant to be. Yes. We are
1: which we already talked about. Yep.
0: Yeah. So we went Interesting. From, we went from BB Rexa to Kane Brown to Dan and Shay to Dan and Shay again. Oy. And I don't think I remember what came after that, but um But I bet it sucked there were uh (laughs) three three songs that sat at number two during the amount of time that in in those nine weeks that i love that you bring these this is cool
1: what were they uh well for most of that run it was tequila oh okay so they had number one and number two yeah until they replaced themselves with number one exactly okay
0: Uh, how boring is that yeah uh and kane brown lose it okay sat there I don't. I don't even know that one. And uh, Luke comes. She got the best of me. Okay, was in between.
1: There, it's so. not one of my favorite Luke songs, but at least there's something of somewhat value. But there. it's it's still so much better than the rest of it. Right. Uh, so then I was sitting at home yesterday watching hockey, and out come Dan and Shay to perform Tequila live in the intermission between the periods.
0: Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. How was that?
1: Uh, fine. Just a fine pop performance. Um, I wasn't paying close attention at the start, so I didn't see who was performing. And I didn't realize that the long-haired guy, I just thought he was like a rhythm guitar player. So I was like, oh, this singer's decent. And at the end, they were like, that's Dan and Shay. I'm like, oh, I'll be darned. That's who they are. Okay, cool. All right. I would not have guessed that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, those are some good numbers. I wasn't
0: watching hockey yesterday, so I missed it.
1: I like to watch, it's the outdoor game where they play outside in a football stadium? Oh yeah, yeah. So they were playing like in Houston or Dallas or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, anyway. Let's uh let's dig into a little bit of uh, speechless here from from Dan and Should she
0: Do we have to? Can we just like skip
1: this Can part? Just just talk about it and skip it. I'm going to no?
0: get all emotional cuz like, you know, I get I get it, it just t- touches
1: me in the feels. Reminds you of your wedding. Oh so much like Oh that snap tracks I love it it's so good Maybe it's more like an ice pick on my eardrum <laughs> like just getting tapped <laughs> with a little hammer like just tap tap right on my eardrum Got some piano and bass and snap track pretty straightforward vocals, but here comes production, right? That's so much production.
0: So got the, the harmonized vocals. It, I mean, it's... Going back several episodes when we talked about Die a Happy Man. It, it's the same vibe. It's the same feel. They're both like wedding songs. Yep. Um, you know, it's... It's a nice ballad type song, but it's, you know, definitely more, you know, pop
1: or or R&B than it is country. Yep. That's what my wife said when she heard this. She said, that's just a standard R&B song. Yeah. That is not a country song. And if you listen to the instrumentation right here, you know.
0: Can you imagine if Casey and JoJo had done this song like right. 20 years ago? Or would Brian have, McKnight. It would have
1: been so good. would have been a smash. Yeah. And this... Right there, that hip hop cadence, uh-huh. that yep. is R and B right there. Yep. Even N Sync or the Backstreet Boys could have done this. Yep. Yeah, totally. Anyway. Mm. There you have it. Speechless by Dan and Shea. I'm speechless. <laughs> Uh, In turn, uh, so for you listeners, first episode, if it's you, uh, we break our songs down in three categories. We give them each a score out of 10 points, 30 total. Winner gets a million bonus points. Um, And a
0: brand new nothing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So first category we look at is lyrics and content, followed by vocals and instrumentation, also known as sound and uh, cultural significance or impact let's talk about the lyrics and content so it the song is just two verses and then it has a repeating pre-chorus and a repeating chorus um so not a whole lot to it it's just a typical love song it's about a guy he sees his girl coming down the stairs interestingly people think this is a wedding song but if you just look at the lyrics it has nothing to do with a wedding it's just about he sees her coming downstairs saying she'll be down in five minutes that's how I know it's not a wedding song because no bride is going to tell his groom I'll be <laughs> down in five minutes. Um, it's just they're like in a room or at, yeah, at their well, house or I something. I
0: mean, I don't think it's it's necessarily that people like think it's about a wedding. I think it's just been used for a lot of weddings. And the
1: video is all about yeah, weddings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the second verse is all about when I first saw you, so it's not necessarily a wedding song. It's just become one. Yeah, but just a typical. Um, love song and when he sees her come down, he's speechless. That's it. It's nice. It's pleasant. Um in terms of lyrics and content, before I even listened to the song, I just read the lyrics because I typically do that as I'm researching for these. I like them. They're great lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, the content is good. Yeah, like I said, it's it's
0: a nice ballad love song.
1: Like, yeah. I mean, I connected especially with the second verse. Um I actually put the lyrics out here um, as I'm looking at them because man, there's a lot of it that I personally connect with. It reminds me of the development of Jen and my relationship. Um, It it totally takes me back the first time, three things. The first time I saw her, the first time she actually talked to me, which we're not at the same time. And then the first time I knew that I loved her, like, and this, these lyrics. So like the second verse says, it started out when you said hello, just did something to me. And I've been in a daze ever since the day that we met. You take the breath out of my lungs. I can't even fight it. And all the words out of my mouth without even trying. And I'm speechless. And, you know, the first time I saw her was that way. First time that she talked to me in line at a laundromat where we were turning <laughs> in our and retur- getting back our cleaned military uniforms. Uh, the first time I saw her was in uh, the initial training in the military called AIT, the, the uh, advanced training that you do for your job. And she was out calling Cadence in front of the platoon and she probably is so embarrassed I'm telling you this, but, and I was just like, man, <laughs> that girl, and we were only mm, 18 years old. I was like, man, that girl is smoking. Whew. And, uh, she had PT shorts on and white tube socks and a t-shirt tucked in with a bright orange PT belt. Oh, it's those white tube socks. Man. There you and go. Every time tennis shoes. And, uh, I was just, I was, uh, like in the words of Chris Jansen, I was done, just done anyway. And then she said, hello. And then, um, when I kn- we were at a retreat at a very rural retreat center in nowhere, Colorado, in the mountains, and I was in the main kind of fellowship gathering halls, cafeteria area, and she came down the stairs, and I saw her, and I was just like, "I'm in love. I'm totally in love," and this song like, it it captured that exactly.
0: And now from from this point forward, every time you think about that memory you're gonna hear Dan and Shay playing over unfortunately the, the
1: video in your mind yes so I though it's they're they're cheesy you know kind of romance lyrics I really like the lyrics and content um, and in comparison with a bunch of the number ones from 2019 that I called just hey girl songs <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah hey yeah. girl slide on over in my truck yeah you know songs Um, this is way better than that so like yeah. Um I give it uh lyrics and content 8 out of 10. I okay. like
0: it. Okay.
1: Where are you at? Uh I'm I'm close. I'm I'm thinking
0: I'm thinking it's like a 7. All right. You know, cuz you know, I again, we always have to to consider, you know, through the the lens of is it country, which kind of plays more into the sound category. Right. But at the same time, like, um, you know, you could definitely have a very country version of this song with the same lyrics. Um, yep. You know, just a different, different voice, different tone, different, different texture to exactly. the song. As I was
1: listening to it, I was thinking if this would have been done in the flavor of Chris Young. Off his first major label album, which we discovered is not his first album, but his first major label album in the sound of Getting You Home or The Man I Want to Be, that sound and his voice, I would love this song.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, and like, um, there actually is a version of the song that they released the following summer, uh, so June of 19 um that had uh guest vocalist Tori Kelly on it, who we've we've talked about previously. Yep. She guest vocal um Die a happy man. Was on, yeah with on, Thomas Rett on the kind of mainstream pop release version of Die a happy man. They made the pop even poppier. Uh but in this instance it was the opposite. I was listening to the the re release version of yeah. Of speechless, which is very acoustic guitar driven, which in and of itself makes it more country. Yeah. Um, but but like it was, it, it kind of more of like a Jason Mraz type feel, just because of kind of where their vocals go and and the other instrumentation. But sure. S- but still, it was nice to to hear the song with you know recognizable instrumentation and you know like not. Electronic sounds, yep. besides a piano, I guess. Yep. Um, but coming back to the the content aspect of things, I like I said, I give it a seven because I I feel like it it um, could transcend genre if it if it had you know the right instrumentation to go with it.
1: There you go. There you go. Uh, second category: vocals and instrumentation or sound. Um, this for me is where it takes a serious downturn. And I mean serious. (laughs) Yeah. So lyrics and content, I love. Sound, I don't love at all. I would love it if it wasn't trying to classify or categorize itself as a country song. I still wouldn't love it. I would understand it more and be like, yeah, that's a fine pop or R&B song. Right. Yeah. Uh, It is very poppy. Very. Um, If there are elements that make up a traditional country sound and instrumentation, this is not them there are there are none of them null and void yeah um the first thing i hear when i put it on so i, I can listen to it in my good headphones and i close my eyes and listen really closely the first thing obviously is the snap track um and halfway through the first verse if you listen really close there's beatboxing back there like somebody's <laughs> back there going <laughs> and it's like what why is that there i missed that yeah well don't bother going back um it's driven by the piano you can hear some electric or er, acoustic guitar and then uh, some more electric guitar picks up the percussion is not necessarily overwhelming, but, you know, it's just there. Here's what's funny. When I played it out loud, my 11-year-old walked into the room and thought it was a woman. <laughs> That's vocals.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: She did not know that it was a man. Um, in terms of the vocals, I don't like the breathy vocal. Like, I like a bold, projected from the diaphragm vocal more than like a whispery soft like a michael mcdonald yeah yeah i don't love the breathy vocals that's just personal preference some people really do um and you know the voices the vocals in the first verse sound fine mostly natural but when it goes into that first chorus it just sounds so auto-tuned and overproduced and phony and there's so many vocal tracks like just tons going on there
0: well, yeah, I mean, that's that's how you do these things these days. Yeah,
1: and I already mentioned, sounds like Hunter Hayes, sounds like Gary LaVox. In this, the last few years in pop music, pop singers have started to pronounce their words weird with their vowels, and he <laughs> almost does it on this song. It's really close.
0: Just almost, though.
1: Almost, and then the hip-hop cadences in the verse, the ba-da-da, ba you know, it's just like, ugh. Those are all the things that I don't like about it there's not much that i do like in the sound like if i had to say what it does have this um the piano maybe like if you could just isolate the piano maybe and put a different singer (laughs) (laughs) so totally change the song um the first verse is is nearly to to mostly unbearable with the snap track but at least by the second verse and into the end of the song the The actual percussion is playing over the snap, tra- snap track. That's the only redeeming quality that I can find, and so I give it a very generous three out of ten. Mm. And that's on the really generous end.
0: Yeah, see, because you know it, it's that whole you know country versus the rest of music thing, and you know in the last episode we kind of talked about it with Springsteen, and like I like I like Springsteen better as just a song. Than you know, scoring it as a country song, sure. And it's the same story here. Although, I, I don't know if I would say I would like it if it wasn't posing as a country song. But I, it, I would find it more tolerable. Exactly. So I wouldn't dislike it you you know, as much. I I think that that my scoring would be higher if I wasn't trying to to consider it. In the context of country music, right? And like for me, there's there's nothing there that's that tells me that oh yeah, this is a country song. All right. Like so, I mean just just to just to keep it on the board, I'm gonna give it a one. Okay, there you go. You know, I, I can't blame you. It's a new year. I don't want to wreck anybody by giving them a zero. You know. Yeah, that's so, nice of you. That's you know, gracious. I want to I want to start everybody on a positive note. So. Uh, I'm going to give them a 1. There
1: you go. All right. I had a 3. Let's move on. Category 3 is its cultural impact or significance. You'd already mentioned that they did f- uh, release a follow-up version in the middle of 2019 of Tori Kelly. That's, that makes it significant when they cut other versions. Um, as of right now, uh, the video has 75 million views of the actual song. Uh, the Tori Kelly version has about 45 million views, but not bad. The video, I mean, the video's kind of, it's it's nice. It's just their weddings. I wonder if they planned that strategically. Like, dude, let's get married at the same time. <laughs> I could make a lot of jokes right there, but family-friendly show, I'm not going to. Um, let's get married at the same time and film them so we can make a video. That'd be perfect.
0: Are they actual weddings? Uh,
1: who knows? They look like it, or they're really elaborately staged videos. I'm guessing it's their actual weddings. Listeners, if you know right in let us know um it's sold as of as of uh, december it's sold 580,000 um, records here's the question for me that will determine its cultural significance will if the pendulum continues to swing as it has been this year to a more traditional sound will these guys stick around like will these guys have a staying power career like we're about to talk about chicken fried in a, in a minute. It's been around now, still regular rotation 11 years later. Will these guys still be around as the pendulum swings back towards a more traditional sound, which I believe it is? I am banking on them not sticking around. I do not see them having a long career in quote-unquote country music. And uh, so then I believe the cultural significance of this is not too substantial. I can only give them a five. What do mm. you think?
0: I am going to ruin your day. No. Nope. <laughs> um be, because like like I've you know we've talked about previously like cultural impact isn't always a good thing. And kind of kind of my view first of all uh you know if we went back through I don't know like I can't think of another time that an artist replaced themselves at number
1: one. Maybe some Taylor Swift or something. Yeah. She had five singles off that first album. Could have been. We'd yeah, but, have to go back. But how over many the of them were number one? Yeah, I'm not
0: sure. Um, but my my thing with with this is, I feel like after Speechless and after Tequila was where we started to see the pendulum swing the other direction. Yep. And there was starting to be some pushback. Yeah, um, you know, going going from from speechless for nine weeks, then you had tequila for four weeks. After that, you've got Luke Combs at number
1: one. Which song?
0: Beautiful Crazy. Okay. Replaced by Morgan Wallen, Whiskey Glasses.
1: That one's growing on me.
0: Uh, replaced by Blake Shelton, God's Country. Uh huh back to whiskey glasses, back to God's Country. Okay. And then the get up.
1: <laughs> and it's all downhill from there on the chart.
0: So, well, and and that is that is the chart from there. Yeah. You had, once the get up kicked in, um, God's Country bumped back up for one week. Yeah. And then it was the get up for umpteen weeks. Yep. And then the get up was followed by the Marshmallow Cane Brown collaboration yep and now we're back to dan and shea with justin bieber
1: oh that's right there you go so
0: i feel uh and you know i guess probably blanco brown is to blame but i feel like we were we were starting to see momentum oh, going yeah, the I other way going here uh, and everything like a switch flipped and now we're going back the other direction again mm. and you know like i said cultural impact uh and importance is not always, you know, what we would view as as positive. Right. So based on what has happened since then and the fact that we're back to Dan and not just Dan and Shay, but Dan and Shay with Justin Bieber
1: <laughs> oh. at number
0: one for, what are we at, 10, 12 weeks-ish now? And still going. I... It's a nine as far as I'm concerned. All right. Because we start with like the movement started and they snuffed us out so fast.
1: Yeah. But Luke Combs hasn't released another single this year and John Party hasn't and they're all about to. And yeah, but I hear where you're going. I do. I I, hope I'm right. So that we don't hear much more of them. Yeah, i all right, oh, I need
0: a, I need a minute. <laughs> you need a minute. Well,
1: uh, here it takes me a minute to do uh, math. I'm ga- so I'm gonna stop pounding on the table here. They snuffed and... us out. Uh, so I've got a uh, eight out of ten lyrics and content, three out of ten vocals and instrumentation, five out of ten for cultural significance, which puts me at a total sixteen out of thirty. Pretty generous, I feel like.
0: And I'm at seventeen. Wow, because of a one and a nine. (laughs) Yeah, totally,
1: totally. In the second two, uh, but for the record, I don't like this song. But if it was done by, if it, if the content of the song, even the melody, keep the same song, keep the same. I don't love the hip hop cadences in the second verse, but I could get over it if it was done with, if it had some steel, and it had some, you know, more acoustic guitar and acoustic drums, and a. And a Chris Young or somebody like that vocal, I would love it. I would love the song. But that's not what they gave us. No. Who would you want to hear singing it?
0: Um, I I like the Chris Young idea. Um I could see Oh man.
1: I could see Brad Paisley doing a release, really yeah, s-
0: a, a really strong version of this. Yep, very, I agree. You know with a lot of his tele guitar yep, singing yep. throughout.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, that would probably be, be like my first pick for this song. That's a good pick. It, it I could feels, totally hear it. It feels like something he could do.
1: Yeah. Well, there you have it. Let's back up 10 years to December of 2008 to a song that I just absolutely stinking loved at the time, and I still love it now, and that is Chicken Fried by the Zac Brown Band. Great song. Do you remember when you first heard it?
0: Oh, man. Um, I remember when you hadn't first heard it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I probably I probably was introduced to it by you. Yeah,
1: I was like, dude, you got to hear this. And then you listen to it, and, you, and then you, you saw the video, and you're like, wow, that guy doesn't look like what I thought he would sound like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I shared it with you when it first came out, like, you got to hear this. Um, It must have just come out on the radio or something. I don't even remember how I heard it but it, I loved it. it. You know, it could have been at the time I was a part of this website that would send you emails of a bunch of new songs that you would rate and provide comments for. I don't remember what it was called. And it mm. would go back that, that, that information would go back to record labels about what they were going to put out as singles and stuff. I could have heard it on there and just been like, Oh man, that's fantastic. Did, I can't even did remember you, what it was called. Did,
0: but. did you put it in your, your playlist on MySpace?
1: it is my top eight yeah. friends and whatnot? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Uh, 2008, I might have, I might have Anyway, this song was huge This was, it was their uh, kind of debut radio single And major label single Um, The song had been around for a long time He actually started writing the song in the 90s Which is kind of crazy Yeah That didn't come out till 2000, didn't come out major label till 2008 Uh, Then the third verse uh, the the patriotic verse was inspired by 9-11 right it was written by zach brown with wyatt durrett who was a frequent co-writer of his and you know since then i mean we're talking 20 years now he's written a ton of stuff with many different artists but definitely zach brown's right hand man let's see he was a co-writer on colder weather knee-deep toes as she's walking away jump right in um and you know many others lesser known uh Zach Brown songs and a few others from other artists as well. In fact somebody just recently I was listening to put out their first something and it was co written with him and they specifically wanted him to. That's oh, really. But uh, anyway a
0: couple couple I had picked up uh, actually just mentioned a minute ago. Uh he co wrote uh Beautiful Crazy and Even Though I'm leaving with Luke Combs.
1: Ah. That might have been it. Even though I'm leaving I think is what I was thinking of. Oh yeah. Okay. That was it. Yep. Um uh, so he is a good writer. This was the first single off Zach Brown Band's fourth album, although it was their first major label debut, debut. They had three albums and a or, yeah, I guess they had three and then a a live album even before The Foundation, their first major label came out. So I guess maybe it's their fifth album well, for whatever. It was their first number one. As of right now they have 13 number ones. So this was the first of many. You um, must be using a different chart than me, probably. <laughs> I didn't use Billboard Hot Country.
0: I've got them at no, at 8 number 1s. Okay. I think mine is maybe all charts. Okay. So so they've hit number 1 since they stopped making country music maybe?
1: Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, yours is mm. probably right, mine's probably wrong. Uh good old Wikipedia. Um they put out an album in 05 on their own Southern Ground or homegrown, then Southern Ground record label called Homegrown. It was on there. And then you get into the Lost Trailers controversy. Yeah. <laughs> so the Lost Trailers heard the Zach Brown version and said, we want to cut that song.
0: Yep.
1: Zach Brown said, sure, as but... long as you don't release it as a single. Uh, Joe Galante from what what he was... He was like the uh, man of all things Nashville Right, right I can't remember his label Anyway Told Lost Trailers This is what we're putting out Yep And they did Zach Brown heard it on the radio And sent them a cease and desist And, and told was them
0: real unhappy about it Real
1: unhappy Sent a cease and desist Told them you gotta take it down They took it off radio Took it off their album Nowhere to be found again And as you and I looked Fascinating We couldn't find it and uh, that
0: yeah, there's there's a couple videos out on like YouTube of of uh, the Lost Trailers performing it live, but if if anybody can find a recorded version anywhere, I would love to hear
1: about it. Yeah, me, too. I'd like to hear it. Yeah, yep. totally. But uh, you know, it get, it got a lot of attention for Zach Brown because he told off Joe Galante, which was a big deal at the time.
0: Yep. And for what it's worth, the the uh, Lost Trailers version. Uh, did chart as a single it hit number 52 ah. on the uh country hot uh hot country chart for billboard and then obviously it charted Zach Brown heard it on the radio cease and desist no more uh there you so, go so who knows maybe it it could have climbed up there and been Been a big smash hit for the Lost Trailers?
1: We'll never know. And that debut Lost Trailers album is so good. I wonder if we can credit Zach Brown with ruining the Lost Trailers career. (laughs) Had the Lost Trailers had chicken fried, maybe this would be a whole other story. Maybe so. Maybe so. Who knows? Um, Alan Jackson also had it on hold, wanted to record it. His comment was it was a little bit too much like other songs that were about food in that era. Right. Yeah. I could hear him doing it though. I saw one of the YouTube videos with. It would be boring though, like in Alan Jackson. It probably would, it would be. be it would feel like. I still like baloney.
0: It's, it's nap time.
1: Yeah, he he's got a food song. I still like baloney. Came out right about that time, which I actually really love that song. Anyway, so one of the YouTube videos I watched with lost trailers, um, he says when he starts the song, "This is a song um, that that we're singing here from a friend of ours. We, we covered from a friend. From a friend. Yeah." yeah. I wonder if Zach Brown considers them friends. Uh, that's, What's
0: that's a good uh,
1: good question. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I I feel like you know if it if it truly was like a label exec forced their hand and was like this is the single,
1: you know. I bet that's what it was.
0: Um, you know, I don't think you can fault the lost trailers for that, but I don't know. It it feels like a little bit of a a sticky wicket in some ways. Yeah, and, and, I agree. Um, you know, maybe, maybe some bridges were burned there. Who knows?
1: I would guess, I think so. Well, let's uh, let's just give pleasure to our ears and take a few seconds here. To listen to some uh, of chicken fried. That's a classical guitar with the nylon strings.
2: Chicken
1: fry. A cold beer and it's picked night. very well, a very nicely picked. Right. And a radio the whole ba- oh. ba- they're just such good musicians.
0: Yeah, amazing live show.
1: Have you seen them live? Yes, I have. Oh, you lucky dog! It was
0: like a three plus hour show. They took intermission played a bunch of
1: like Metallica and Bob Seger covers. Oh, that sounds awesome. I've never seen him. It was so good. Yeah. His vocal is rich. It sounds great. It's very different than Dan Smyers <laughs> or Shane Mooney. I don't know which one's which. Who is who? Great vocal harmony.
2: It's just like
1: there's nothing to not like, right? Some people might say it's hokey. I'd, I'd say more,
0: really? like more of of like an homage to simplicity.
1: Yeah. And if it wasn't for a reference to Georgia specifically, like, this could be anywhere, really. I mean... Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. There you have it. December 2008, Chicken Fried by the Zac Brown Band. I love it. I feel like it's probably not the caliber of everybody knows this song like Achy Breaky Heart was in the last episode, where everybody knows it, but... Um, it, it, it,
0: it, probably not achy breaky heart but
1: it's up there yeah but in the last 11 years it's been out i think a lot of people know it
0: oh yeah 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 i mean if you could if you could just like narrow it down to the time frame that has existed since this song came out yeah i would bet you
1: like most everybody would go like oh yeah i've heard that yeah yeah um it is let's get into it lyrics and content it is a kind of cheesy because it's kind of cliche southern list song for the most part
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: it's got three verses and a repeating chorus but there's a breakdown chorus near the end that comes at the end of the second chorus that's or i guess would the end of the third chorus that's kind of like a bridge in its own way even though it's the same words and then it builds back up so it doesn't have a bridge but it's kind of like it um i love in the lyrics content i love the imagery you know it's you can almost like sense it and you can almost smell and hear and taste what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And, and I
0: very like
1: down home, just rural feel, but kind of sweet, kind of syrupy, kind of (laughs) fried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, man,
0: I want some chicken and waffles now.
1: Exactly. But then sort of unrelated. Um, when I saw the music video after hearing the song, Like the music video, they portrayed the song perfectly. Like the images you see in the music video sound exactly like what the song sounds like. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it brought to life what I saw in my mind.
0: I don't know if I've ever actually seen the video.
1: It's great. But I, I can definitely imagine
0: how, you know, how the lyrics of this song would translate
1: visually. It's got a soldier in it. It's got a Bronco. It's got people at a bonfire. I mean, it's got, you know, chickens. Ch- there are chickens. Yeah. <laughs> there are chickens. Uh, it actually starts with a chicken. Um, the, the I don't know, a philosophical second verse. I don't know what you call it, but uh, I love that second verse. It's funny how it's the little things in life that mean the most. Not where you live, what you drive, or the price tag on your clothes. There's no dollar sign on a peace of mind. This I've come to know. So if you agree, raise your drink with me and have a glass rate, have a drink with me, raise your glasses for a toast to a little bit of chicken fried. That's, that's good. Amen. That's good words to live by. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Right there. Um, and then naturally, um, as a combat veteran, I resonate with a third verse about, you know, thanking God for life and stars and stripes and freedom forever fly. Salute the ones who died. Like I'm into all that. Definitely. Um, I would score it more highly if it wasn't for the just it's a little bit cheesy. Just a little bit hokey, a little bit cheesy. So I can only give it a 6 out of 10, even though I love it. Because it's just a little cheesy.
0: Wow. Wow. I'm surprised.
1: I didn't say I don't love it. I love it. It's just what a, did you it's give Dan cheesy. and Shay in that again? I gave them an 8 out of 10. Wow. This is just another, if you just read the lyrics of this song, it's just another cheesy list song. I don't know. There's a lot of cheesy list songs. I feel like like, like
0: I feel this song more than a lot of cheesy list songs.
1: The song
0: resonates with me on a level that a lot of those just list songs don't.
1: But don't you think that's because of its instrumentation? Because of the way it sounds? Like, it might not if it sounded different. If it was Alan Jackson, would it resonate with you the way it does? If it was Alan Jackson, I would feel like I just need to take a nap. See? I think but, a lot of what well, resonates is the way it sounds combined with the yeah, lyrics, th- which is what makes a, it great. Yeah, I think there's
0: a combination there. Um, but but I do feel like it's, you know, the content of, of the list, I guess, in a way, is, is really what... Because, I mean, you could you could do a list song that sounds like chicken fried and have it be about things that don't resonate with me on a personal level. That's true. And I wouldn't like it as well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean. If you asked people, you know, if you asked non-country listeners or, like, yeah, non-country listeners, you know, what core elements are in a country song, they're going to say, probably, like, fried food, pickup trucks, America, and, you know, simple living. It's cliche. That's like the cliche answer.
0: Yeah. And I that's know. what it is. I've I've, I've definitely asked that question of people, and I don't <laughs> so think anybody has ever said like simple life or rural life. It's all like my truck broke down and my wife left me and my dog died yeah. and, yeah. you know, so I mean, th- it's close. All right. So what'd you give not it? It's the same. Uh, I'm going nine for content. Okay. Just, all right. You ju- loved it. I mean, it. It, it speaks to my soul. Yeah. Yeah, And, you know, it just it just like it makes me feel warm inside.
1: There you go. Now, going on to the next category, instrumentally and vocal instrumentation, it speaks to my soul. That's where I just think and love it. In my opinion, this is where the song shines, where I feel like it kind of lacks through the cheesy vocals or or, sorry, cheesy lyrics and a little bit hokey cliche. Um, It's vocals and instrumentation is what I think set it apart from many other list songs and made it. An outstanding song. I love the picking on the classical guitar. I think that was awesome. When his vocal comes in, it just sounds great. And it doesn't sound overly produced or anything. When the rest of the band comes in, it doesn't sound like layers and layers of fake harmony sounds. It sounds genuinely like a bunch of different dudes singing harmonies, which is great. Um, Instrumentally, you get a lot of fiddle. And uh, a lot of that uh, uh, um, classical guitar... Uh, Electric guitar kicks in, drums, the bass carries the song. I feel like, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, there there's just so much, yeah. Like, and like, there's nothing to not like, yeah. like, Like sonically about the sound, the the song, it just it's it's all so good and so well done, and and plays together
1: so well. When you listen closely, in the background, there's an accordion that plays i'm guessing it's a keyboard making an accordion sound Um, but you can hear that back there i'm always a fan of boom chuck percussion you know that has that rhythmic boom chuck boom chuck like this song does there's there's rarely a boom chuck song i don't like so (laughs) i'm into that it does get me a little bit like it's very appropriate for the song but it is really cheesy when they have the drum rolls in the patriotic verse on the third verse for the stars and stripes and you have the drum it's like of course there's gonna be a drum roll right there that's super cheesy gets me there um (laughs) but the rich vocals huge harmonies the breakdown chorus let's stop stop there and talk about the breakdown chorus acts like a bridge sort of but It almost has what I would consider to be a reggae sound. Do you hear that? Mm, I'd I'd have to go back and and listen again. Let's see if I can get us there. I probably can get us there. Let's see here. We don't want to hear speechless again, that's for sure. (laughs) I think we're going to get to it here in just a second. Oh, this is probably going to verse 3, huh? Yep. May freedom
2: forever fly.
1: Is it coming right here?
2: Yeah, this. Yeah, that sounds like reggae to me.
1: Not anymore. Now it builds back into the big. So it's it's just for this long. Yeah, yeah. That's got a reggae sound to me, which I like. What do you think of that breakdown? Yeah, I don't I don't think I ever like consciously
0: would have would have gone there because it's it's so short and yeah. and isolated. But but I think that that does sort of you know, it's like foreshadowing mm-hmm. for for like toes yep. down the road yep. and
1: the the kind of Jimmy Buffett feel cuz they definitely have a lot of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, the song sounds great when you listen to it on the radio, it sounds even better when you listen to it in good headphones, like in a quiet space with your eyes closed and you're just really listening closely. It just sounds, it makes it even better. So, um, I'm going nine out of 10 only because 10 just, I've done one 10 out of 10 and I regretted it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which one was that again? I think it was check yes or no. Oh yeah. Which I love, love, love. Maybe this would be 10 out of 10 if it just had a steel guitar playing too. Although the fiddle is sufficient
0: or work a harmonica in there somewhere. Oh, there, there you go.
1: There see, there you go. There's my 9 out of 10 instead of 10.
0: I've got it at at a 9 also. All right, why is that? Uh it just, like I said like all of the instrumentation is so good and so well done and it blends together so well and it just it it just feels cozy to me you know even even like if it was just an instrumental version take away the lyrics it it just it's so good yep i agree i agree so we both had nine out of ten which uh I, i just side note uh with nines for both content and and sound it's already we have beat- already <laughs> we've already <laughs> beaten uh speechless there you go so do i even need to do a drum roll at the end then because what it, What did
1: i i had six and nine so i'm i'm actually i'm technically not beating them yet but if if chicken fried scores more than one on cultural significance it will be so <laughs> well there you go don't tune out now listeners <laughs> stick around for the rest when we announce that the drum roll hopefully <laughs> we, ha- we haven't spoiled it There you go. So Cultural Significance. This song, as of right now, has sold 5 million albums. Um, It was the 2009 Song of the Year, Single of the Year, and Video of the Year. Um, The official YouTube video, like the actual video, has 100 million views. Um, It is
0: number 39 on Taste of Country's top 100 country songs of all time.
1: Yeah. I believe that. And there's... that. Yeah, that's awesome. So that, I mean, right
0: there. Like, that's a big deal. Like how many country songs have there been? Yeah. And this is this is considered by some to be the 39th best r- greatest country song of all time. Of all time.
1: That's pretty significant. Um let's hope Dan and Shay never <laughs> make it on that list. <laughs> Um, I feel like this song you know they had been around for a long time when the song came out multiple albums independently but this song launched them from local indie Atlanta based-ish artists to or maybe even regional in the southeast but to mega superstars oh yeah yeah um, I feel like after this he became like the man because he yep. was he was on so many people's songs it was like the guy you want in your song or in your video or whatever. Like he big, he was like the man at the time. Um, Jamie Johnson was that way when he released his, and you just heard him on so many people's songs. Yeah.
0: I don't, you know, I think that was more of a respect thing. Jamie Johnson was never, never going to have the, the level of commercial success. The, the Zach Brown band. Oh no, yeah. Achieved. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, like that was more of a respect thing and, and, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? like an appreciation of of what he he did as as far as a songwriter and yeah, and, and you know that type of thing, so. yeah,
1: yeah, totally, so in terms of scoring this, here's where I feel like it's different than well, it's different because it it's been around eleven years and it's got you know five million copies versus five hundred thousand of speechless and things, but I am banking on. That Dan and Shea are going to just fade away into oblivion and not be um, that influential, which is why I gave them a low score. We're going to talk in just a few minutes about what in the world has happened to Zach Brown lately um, and the Zach Brown band. But whereas I'm hopeful Dan and Shea will fade away, I'm hopeful that Zach Brown will swing back around to where he came from. Um, so there's that. But this. I I feel like for the entirety of his career this song will still be what he's most well known for. Like this'll just be his his main song. So then, because yeah, of that, yeah. I give a seven out of ten. Okay. Uh I went eight. Okay. I um, thought
0: about changing it as we were talking about it. Part you know, like I mean it was it was the one that, that really launched them. Uh they've they've gone on to have, you know, eight eight number ones uh, as far as the the hot country chart is concerned Mm -hmm. Um, you know we're
1: which Dan and Shay are close to that uh. (laughs) (laughs) they're almost halfway there oh they are halfway there they have four well yeah I mean but in one year let's not get ahead of ourselves
0: okay um you know and then and then you go you know they're in the top half of the list of the hundred greatest country songs of all time. Um, There was some crossover success. The song peaked at number 20 on the hot 100. Oh, that's awesome. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think within, within the, the timeline of, of country music and, you know, obviously, especially for, you know, kind of the era that where they came into Notoriety, and you know, I would say that there have been some some people that have tried to copy them. And, oh yeah, and you know, not so successfully. Right. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that they deserve a you know a solid eight.
1: There you go. Well, as I'm doing my math, I had a what did I have? Uh, I had a six out of ten for lyrics and content, and then a nine for vocals and instrumentation, and a seven which puts me at 22 out of 30. You'd think a song I love that much would have a higher score.
0: <laughs> it's just hard sometimes, <laughs>
1: you know? I love this as much as I loved Free and Easy Down the Road I Go that we talked about, as much as I loved um, See My Ex-Future Mother-in-Law Anymore. Uh, when It Rains It Pours. I love yeah. it as much as those. Yeah. I don't love it as much as Check Yes or No. That holds a very special place in my heart. It's I don't the feel like, song of like all time
0: Check Yes or No even was your winning song that episode. It wasn't, but I still love it.
1: But what I'm getting at is I'm surprised I only scored at 22 out of 30 even though I love it so much.
0: I get I guess what we're learning is sometimes the numbers the numbers don't match. Like it's yep. the the song is greater than the sum of its parts.
1: There you go. <laughs> so what's your overall score? We already know that it's better than speechless. Uh yeah,
0: adding the the 8 in the last category to a pair of 9s. Uh, puts us at twenty six. That might be one of your highest I, close I of all time. I think it probably is my highest of all time. Yeah. I mean we're we're talking four points away from perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. And you know, in and my I, heart,
0: it's perfect, and I'm surprised. But I I didn't like. I knew it was going to be high. I knew it was going to smash Dan and Shay. Yeah. But. You know, I I didn't really expect it to be like. All the way at the top,
1: comparatively. There you go. So. Well, the drum roll. That was a bad drum roll. We don't even need it anyway. Um, I had a 22 uh, over Dan and Shay with 17, and you had them 26. So let's just suffice it to say, Chicken Fried by Zach Brown band destroyed Speechless by Dan and Shay. Listeners, if you want to comment on that, especially if you love Dan and Shay and you don't like Chicken Fried, let us know. <laughs> we just want to hear where you're coming from we don't promise not to ridicule you on here we might but we at least want to know like why like well in in,
0: any even if we do it'll be in a in a fun bantery all in fun yeah
1: we just want to know on what grounds you could like speechless better than chicken fried let's talk for a few minutes about what in the world has gone on with zach brown band so for those of you listeners that have followed Zach Brown in the last few years, it has been a train wreck. A nightmare of music. It is just it is it's just been terrible. Do you agree? Uh I have um,
0: actively avoided. Okay. So you are you are better off. I've I've listened to a couple of things that they've put out. And I know that um, it's not for me.
1: Yep, there you go. Um, I feel like what's there. There's a few different influences that I feel like have contributed to where it's at now. Um, drugs, drugs, and a divorce <laughs> are the couple big ones. Yeah, which is it's common knowledge. Look it up on YouTube or Google, whatever. Anyway, 2015, he signed with Big Machine Records. Zach Brown okay. Band did. Okay. Um, that that alone is going to tell you where it's going to go. I feel like, um, for those of you that haven't heard in prior episodes, Big Machine Records is like the pop record label. That's what it is. Country pop. Country pop, pop is what country. I mean. Yeah. Um, they, um, they had released The Foundation, which Chicken Fried's on. Then You Get What You Give was good. Uncaged was pretty good. But then they released Jekyll and Hyde that led to them getting signed on Big Machine. And that was where you got some of this pop and edm and techno yeah. uh, mixed that, in with that some one was country like a and, double album right yeah and it yeah. was really weird and it was like just made you like what is this um in 2013 he had called uh, that's my kind of night from luke bryan the worst song he'd ever heard because <laughs> how could a country song or country singer release something like that yeah. and lately the stuff he's been um releasing has been way worse Um, So he released Jekyll and Hyde Then he released Welcome Home Which was supposed to be a return To his roots and and it wasn't At all and then his most recent is The Owl And uh, it is God awful The one I want to play for you um, Has some uh, Profanity but this is uh, This is one of the most recent Zach Brown songs check it out You haven't heard this I don't think Have you? I don't think so It's called God Given Gucci Yeah, I listened to it once.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Are you like, this is the same band that put out Chicken Fried? Um, there, there is a song
0: on Kid Rock's "Devil Without a Cause." Okay. I can't think of it, but like that song almost sounds like a carbon copy. Okay. And that was long before Kid Rock ever thought about doing anything remotely country.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's just one taste of it. And then he's gone on and produced his own self-titled album called the controversy. That's just a techno album. And, um, it's 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 just terrible. I mean, it is awful. So here's the thing: he says that you can't categorize him into just one genre of music. He just makes his art, and if you don't like his music, then you just don't understand his art. Yeah, that that was one thing that that I had written was like,
0: if if you don't get it, that's your problem. Yeah, kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, like that. But if it's being classified as not country but just pop then it's a really bad pop.
0: Yeah, it's it's just... Ugh.
1: Yeah, it is just... Ugh. Um, In 2016, he was arrested in a hotel room with cocaine, marijuana, prescription pills, and three strippers. Sub- Good times. Subsequently divorced. Yep, yep. Um, so life is just... He has not been handling his difficulties in life well. Let's just say that.
0: Or, you know, fame even maybe. It it could be, could be the fame that led to, you know, that that type of behavior, and then now he's spiraling into oblivion and taking it out on our ears.
1: Yeah, if you watch the video, and if the if the Zach Brown in the chicken fried video, that Zach Brown heard this Zach Brown, he would punch him in the face. (laughs) <laughs> so stinking hard. He wouldn't even be allowed on the property where the bonfire was happening. Like no way. I don't know what's going on there. Mm,
0: interesting. Anyway.
1: I I got to I got to uh, have you tried the uh, Z Alexander Brown wine? No. No. Okay. Me neither. Oh, I forgot to mention that he even had his own spin-off artist, Sir Roosevelt? What? That Yeah, he put out a pop album like 2 years ago under a pseudonym. I think it was called Sir Roosevelt. Never heard of that. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and it's it's just it's just EDM pop, and it's it's awful as well. Weird. I forgot about that. Yeah. Weird, dude. In the list of weird things,
0: drugs are bad. It, okay.
1: Okay. It's got to be the fame <laughs> and the drugs and the divorce. His wife must have been like, "I don't even know who you are anymore." Yeah. Anyway, that's Zach Brown. But I remain confident and optimistic that the chicken fried Zach Brown is in there somewhere and is going to come back around.
0: Man. I, I
1: don't know. I'm sorry. We, we
0: keep talking about the, the pendulum swing of the sound of country music. And now we're, I feel like we're doing a lot
1: of sitting and waiting for
0: things to change. That's okay.
1: <laughs> we got time. We got a lot of time left to go. Anyway, let's uh, take a quick break and we're going to do a little interview here. And, um, see what our guest has to say about it and then we will follow up with some honorable mentions and what the next episode is going to be here's the interview all righty friends we are joined actually here live and in studio this time with andrew off the mic now but joined by my great buddy Mr. Gary Van Horn, how are you today, sir?
2: Yeah, hey, I'm doing well, Jesse. How are you doing today?
1: Awesome. Typically when I do interviews, they're off-site at a different time, and then they get kind of plugged into the episode, so it's great to have you sitting in here where we normally record with Andrew and we're all together. This is awesome. Thanks for coming over.
2: Yeah, very cool. Thanks for having me.
1: So the premise of the show is we put we, we attempt to just show the evolution, or the, yeah, evolution is good, of country music throughout the, uh, throughout the decades by putting songs head-to-head in what we call a smackdown, which is two songs going head-to-head. We we rate them on a variety of different categories and give you know one song a victory over the other. And it's just in an attempt to show the way that country music has evolved over the decades. Okay. So you're going to be listening to two song clips. They both are number one smash hit singles, but one is a, one's a smash hit single from this decade. The other one you're going to listen to is a smash hit single from the same week, month, and year, but of a previous decade. Very cool. Yeah. And then each episode we have an objective guest, an an unbiased non-country music listener, yourself, that come to weigh in on the songs. So the first thing I always ask our non-country music listening guests is what do you like to listen to since it's not country?
2: Uh, I I listen to a very wide variety of music, Um, but I'd say primarily right now it is uh, electronic, um, modern classical, and uh, post-rock.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Is there, if so, for listeners that are intrigued by that, is there an artist you think people should check out that you enjoy?
2: Um, I was just listening to an album called Weather by a band called Tycho.
1: All right. You played me some of them at your house. Yeah. It's
2: good. It's good. Yeah. It's like music for concentrating or focusing or. You know, and everything I just listed there, a lot of my listening habits are formed around my work. Um, there you go. Looking at a lot of uh, computer logs and things like that. So, focus and not too distracting, calming. Uh, these are things I look for.
1: Yeah, I love that. Some of our other guests have been musicians, so they've got a good critical ear on songs. You are what I would describe as an audiophile. Yes. So you you have a keen ear for what sounds good and right. Mm-hmm. So I'm ex- because of that, I'm excited that you're on the show today. So first song I'm going to play for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> this, the first song was a, it was a number one song in 2018 for a long time. It was a very popular song. It's by a, a, an artist, a duo called Dan and Shay, the song is called Speechless. Speechless. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. All right, let's listen to it a little bit and uh, just tell me what you think. Big country hit song,
2: 2018. You say will be down in five. The smell of your perfume. So I love the vocal already, but the snap track immediately pops to mind as something I, I, do. I don't enjoy. <laughs> I would agree with you. But you love the vocal. Yes I like the layered Is vocal mm-hmm. you won't be it
1: One of them is Dan And one of them is Shay Oh, okay Because so they're a So it's not duo. layered It's actually a duet All
2: right
1: Well It very well Could have been layered Thank God you can read my mind. It's 2019 Stranger Things Have Happened Yeah, yeah. This
2: is the chorus Mm-hmm What do you think
1: of the instrumentation?
2: I was just thinking uh, about the piano I do enjoy the piano uh, quite a bit It's a good, um, strong piano sound Very natural sounding Mm -hmm. But not overpowering the vocals I've noticed uh, modern recordings oftentimes will overpower the vocal With instruments like that
1: Yeah, yeah It's your typical love song He sees the girl, he's in love with her
2: I you know, like the snap track's gone.
1: It kind of gets overtaken by uh, acoustic drums. Yeah. yeah, acoustic drum click. Yeah, which are probably programmed, but, you know. It's hard to tell. It is. It, is. it is. There you go. There you go, Mr. Van Horn. That was Speechless by Dan and Shay, December 2018. Mm. On a scale of 1 to 10, 0, you absolutely hate it. 10, you
2: absolutely love it. What score would you give Speechless? Uh, I'd probably give it a 7. All right. It was a good-sounding song. Um, Nice, solid production values. Uh, It didn't sound what I would normally think of as country. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Elaborate a little bit more. Uh, Well, there are certain sounds I expect to hear. and I didn't hear any steel guitar. Um, The vocals had very little uh, twang to them, Mm -hmm. um, which I normally expect to hear the... uh, Song itself sounded more of a rhythm and blues uh, melody. Yep, than uh, kind of what I traditionally think of as a country melody. So very good. Yeah. That's pretty much the same thing we said. Nice. And You're
1: not even a country fan, but you uh, know, I do. There's love core me,
2: elements. I do love me some music. You do. So.
1: You do. And you, <laughs> you. There are things about
2: every genre that I know you enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's no bad music, in my humble opinion. There you go. Just uh, different listeners. You know? Different preferences. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, let's back up ten years to December two thousand and eight. The uh, it was a number huge number one smash hit from an artist called the Zach Brown Band, okay. and the song is called Chicken Fried. Let's check it out.
2: Nice little bit of picking guitar. On the classical, yep. Yeah. You know well, I'm a chicken fried. Go beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right So I blame 2008 for the echo on the vocal The reverb, yeah, yeah, and delay Definitely more traditional Yep Well I was raised up beneath the shade of a Georgia pine And that's home, you know Sweet tea, pecan pie, homemade no wine
1: you loved the last vocal. What do you think of this guy?
2: Um, I think also very good. I think country music has a lot of strong vocalists. Yeah. Honestly. and, and uh, Good in a different way, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, a little more twangy, for yep. sure. They did layer the vocals a little bit there for the chorus. It's a big band. There's like seven yeah. members. So it's possible there's just multiple people singing. Yeah. And I think you're right, because you can sort of pick out a, a different tone for the higher pitches.
1: Yep. Yeah. Instrumentally, what do you think?
2: Um, it's fine. It, it So it runs into the problem I, I have a, a lot with a lot of uh, more popular country music. They're, what you expect to hear is what you get, right? And they're such good players that you get exactly kind of the same thing over and over again. And it's not that it's bad. It's just that I, I feel like I've heard it before.
1: Okay. Yeah, sure.
2: Um, and there's just not a lot of personal style, so I couldn't pick out a lot of these players from other country music there you go. instrument players that I've heard before. Like, there's not a lot of unique going on here. Right. Yeah. Right, and I do, I do I'll do. admit to seeking unique sounds. Yep. Uh, quite often. That's why you're all over the genres and everything else. Yeah, it totally is. It yeah. Totally is. And that's why I don't land on country an awful lot. I mean, the things right. that I do land on are more unique, like Junior Brown, Um, you know, Johnny Cash has his particular sound. Yep. You get what you what you expect out of that um yeah
1: yep so andrew and i were talking about this a a few a little bit before you came in but if there were going to be you'd mentioned um uh, pedal steel earlier if there were
2: going to be sounds or instruments you would expect in a country song what are they uh definitely be pedal steel uh fiddle or violin Mm -hmm. um stand-up bass uh would expect a banjo perhaps yep Uh, but not always um Yep. And, and if you're playing the drums, it's probably going to be with brushes right? There you go, instead of sticks. Yep. So, yeah.
1: If there were going to be themes discussed in the country song
2: and you just had to kind of guess what they would be, what would you <laughs> guess? Uh, it probably have to do with home, hard work, girlfriends, um, maybe losing something important to you, uh, or the value of America. There you go. There you go. A lot of that's covered
1: in chicken fried. Yeah. Uh so you gave a 7 to speechless yeah. for chicken fried. Scale of 1 to 10, 0 you hate it, 10 you'd love it. What do you give it?
2: So people are going to probably be mad at me. I'm going to give it a 4 just cuz I feel like it wasn't unique enough. Okay. I didn't find it interesting, not yeah. that it was bad.
1: In the when we were talking about the lyrics and content, I described it as a bit cliché. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. You, is that what you hear and feel?
2: Yeah, when I when I hear a song like this from any genre, I picture somebody grabbing a bag of, you know, like country music magnets for their refrigerator and just kind of throwing them up there and then reading off the words as they fell. And that's what you get. Yeah. There you go. Well, there you have it,
1: listeners. That's Gary Van Horn. Gives a seven to speechless, a four to Chicken Pride, Chicken Fried by the Zach Brown band. Andrew and I are now going to take him outside and beat him up for a while. Sorry. Um <laughs> No, it's okay. That's what we love about having guests on the podcast that don't listen to country music. Most often they do gravitate towards
2: the less country sounding song.
1: Yep. 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 Whereas me and Andrew, we gravitate. That's why we do the podcast. Which
2: I totally understand. I have a lot of friends who listen to country music. And uh, one of them said, well, sure, I bought that new album that sounds like the last one. It's exactly what I expected. And I got what I wanted.
1: That's be. why I love George Strait. Yeah. Cuz it is every song and album is just like that. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming in today, dude. We appreciate it. This has mm-hmm. been fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And maybe we'll have you on again sometime. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Bye. Yeah. All righty. Mr. Baker, there we have it. Gary Van Horn guest interview. He loved him some speechless. Indeed. <laughs> I I am he lives on a farm. He has farm animals. He, um, yeah.
0: And he listens to classical and EDM while he's out tending the Yes, critters. the animals and such. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I know. So weird. I would have guessed he would really resonate with chicken fries. uh I'm very surprised. It's a shocking juxtaposition Yeah, for me. He is one of my closest friends, and I might have to reconsider. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. No, I'm kidding. But there you go. Listeners, uh. There you go. And, you know, objective non-country listeners um, don't love the sounds of uh, Chicken Fried nearly as much as Andrew and I do. To, to us, it's nearly a perfect song.
0: Well, and, and they're wrong. And so. I,
1: they are, because I can't imagine anybody like, man, I love Speechless. It's so good. I just, I don't get it. I don't hear it. Anyway, there you go. Let's talk honorable mentions. We're backing up to 1998. We've got Faith Hill. Uh, with Let Me Let Go. It was the third single from her third album, Faith. Here it is. I have never heard it. Don't know anything about it. It's got a steel guitar.
0: I kind of just remember that line from the end of the chorus where she says, let me let go.
1: Okay. A lot of steel guitar. Ooh. Drum brushes. I don't know this, but if it stopped right now, I would like it. It would be your favorite Faith Hill song. It would be. Huh. This could be a pop song. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm sure it probably had some crossover success.
1: It sounds like 1998. Yeah. It's nice. Do you want to hear more? No, not really. Okay. There you go. 1998. Uh, it must. Oh, sorry. Let let me let go. Faith Hill. Next up, is man. Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day coming right up. So uh, um, we got a couple of great love songs to cover on the Valentine's Day episode. That's all we need to tell you. We don't. We're not going to give it any funny or mysterious uh title to the episode to, just, to get you intrigued it's just valentine's day it's
0: the this valentine's day
1: special it's going to be another episode like free and easy and when it rains it pours where we love both the songs and it's going to be yeah, i think, I so. think it's going to be a close so. battle so tune in here in just a couple weeks for that'll be episode nine the valentine's day episode We would love it if you would interact with us. You can send us some emails with your thoughts on what we're talking about, or in particular, hit us up on our Facebook page. It's Country Smackdown. Let us know um, all the different things we say. What would the listeners think? We'd love to hear from you. So hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to interact that way. Um, Rate, subscribe, tell all your friends. If you're enjoying the show, let somebody know about it so we can continue to add to our global listeners. That would be awesome. (laughs) And um, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Baker, thanks for joining me again today. It's a pleasure as always. Of course. I thoroughly enjoy it and I'm looking forward to getting all romantic, talking about Valentine's Day songs. Yeah, I think
0: we we should like bring in some candles and you know, we'll just we'll just just bathe in the
1: in the love. (laughs) Well, in the good words of Dan and Shea, now I'm speechless. All right. Well, we, we got to set the vibe. And there you go. Valentine's the Day. There you go. Um, maybe it probably wouldn't work for your wife, but we could have my wife as a guest vocalist. She's not a huge fan of country music, but she listens to it with me a lot. I know she knows both of these songs, or at least she knows one of them. Mm. But she might be fun to to hear her talk about them, maybe, since it's Valentine's Day and all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe we should just have our wives do the show. We'll give them the songs. Yeah, and just they can they can do the show. Have at it. Does does your wife listen to the show? Uh, she she's definitely listened at least once. Okay, <laughs> I don't think mine has heard a full episode yet. My my daughter actually seeks it out. Yeah. and and listens to it and then comments awesome. to me afterwards. Great. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I could tell that you were totally like doing this thing that was making the microphone make a weird noise, and it went on for the whole, you know. So she she like critiques me and breaks me down emotionally over like (laughs) little technical things. (laughs) And you come back all self conscious.
1: (laughs) Yeah, nope, I don't think anybody I know actually listens. Well, a couple people have commented, you know, but nobody. Yeah, my wife, my own wife. I love you, babe. If you're actually listening to this, more than the whole world, but yeah.
0: Well, see, but that's good because she'll never know that you told the whole story back at the beginning of the show about the first time. Yeah. So
1: there you go. All right, man. It was great sitting here with you. Listeners, thanks for hanging in there with us. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with Episode 8, Valentine's Day.